0: Love, talk, radio. Good evening, everybody. And taking a selfie of Zach Mettenberger. It's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> show live with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, have to ask you right off about those uh, Dallas Cowboys. It seemed like they were putting all the problems of the past behind them, and then they laid an egg on on uh, Monday night against the Redskins. There, what happened?
1: I would just like to point out that I did see some of this coming last week on the show. The only place Cole McCoy can play football is in Texas. <laughs> How did no one expect Apparently. this? He's um, I, I mean, already it's been same... replaced
0: for this week.
1: I know, poor guy. Well, I mean, they're not playing in Texas this week. The Redskins know he's got a very specific skill set. But no. I, it's just the Cowboys, whenever they get anything good going, they go and they sabotage themselves. And it's m- mostly on Jerry Jones. Brandon Whedon, when he came in, sure, it was kind of weird having former Cleveland Brown on Cleveland Brown crime, but like, when Brandon Whedon came in, he led them on two scoring drives. in both. The, in, I mean, he was only in for two drives, and they scored both times. Tony Romo hadn't even managed 10 points when he'd been in the game, so Brandon Whedon had been more effective than Romo. Uh, and then, when someone intentionally knees you in the spine, you know, things aren't going to be great for you. And the fact that he let crazy Jerry Jones be talked into letting him back in the game, which clearly Jason Garrett had no part in. I mean, right when you saw Tony Romo go back in, like, I knew right then, like, this game is done. We are not winning this. It was a terrible choice.
0: Well, so, nice uh, to see in true Cowboys fan Jones form, I'm still, still GM, basically bitter hating trainer, Jerry too. Jones.
1: And, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, status quo for us Cowboys fans at this point. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you have my uh, condolences, but not too much of them since I'm a Giants fan and their yeah, season yeah, yeah. is uh, <laughs> kind of in the toilet as we speak, but we'll see. So this week there's a, a lot of uh, teams, 6 to be exact that are on by this week, so it looks like we're going to be so scrambling many. to the waiver wire for a lot of players for most of us this week. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's you... a real
1: tough week with the bye weeks. You've got Atlanta, Buffalo, Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Tennessee, which means you're missing a couple of pretty good quarterbacks, a lot of good running backs, and a good amount of wide receivers. So it's uh it's kind of slim pickings this week. We're going to be telling you to start a lot of people you're not normally starting most weeks.
0: Yeah, this is, this is what tests Weeks like these test the depth of your bench and also your ability to mm-hmm. play the waiver wire and find the diamond in the rough. But uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible a
1: lot... week for running backs and a terrible week for defenses.
0: Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and tell people how they can get in touch with us and complain about how their rosters are depleted this <laughs> week or just ask us a question.
1: Yeah, or are uh try to console me over Jerry Jones' choices in life. Um you can find us for the next hour until ten thirty PM Eastern time, as we are every Wednesday night. Uh and there are a number of ways you can get a hold of us. The easiest being calling at three four seven nine eight nine eight zero eight eight. That's three four seven nine eight nine eight zero eight eight. You can always tweet us at the number four THN inches show. That's the number four THN inches show or at fantasy underscore sherpa or jkim16. You can email us at the number four thn inches show at gmail dot com. Find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and of course at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. dot com. We also accept uh, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, and pretty much any other form of uh, communication.
0: <laughs> Sign language too, although that doesn't work so well over the radio.
1: Yeah, you know we try we we try to make it
0: work for you. <laughs> okay. All right, um any notable injuries this past week that you want to mention?
1: Um well, it's kind of just uh, at this point it's more guys starting to come back than anything else. Uh it's wasn't it a great week. A lot of these I mean, people are getting injured celebrating when you're down 20 points. That's not awesome. Um no. but you're starting to get some guys healthy finally, which is nice. This guys like, yeah,
0: Brian Quick spoiled. was probably the biggest disappointment that he Yeah, busted but even up his even he wasn't on getting IR, most but...
1: weeks. Yeah.
0: we yeah, have got he, guys come... like
1: uh uh R G three is coming back this week, it looks like obviously they're not saying for sure, but most likely um it's just you may, may, may get a Ryan Matthews return, but probably not for another week. Um, but guys are starting to get healthy. I mean, that's better. My fantasy team is, would like guys to finally come off uh, IR and get off of the injured list here.
0: Yeah, A.J. Green is another one that's going to be touching. today, yeah, well. today, But uh, hopefully he'll be able to contribute something to his, fantasy owners as well as to the Bengals. but uh, So we have not quite a full slate this week. We've only got 13 games, mm-hmm. but why don't we dive right into it before the hour We've got a couple of good games,
1: though, at least this week.
0: Yeah, a few must-watches. Yeah, I don't think there are too many blowouts or potential blowouts this week, maybe one, but we'll get to that later on. Yeah. So first up, we've got the Thursday night game: New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans can't seem to win on the road, and they can't seem to lose at home. This, yeah, and here they are going against Carolina, that's had a up and down season, but as messed up as that division has been, with nobody wanting to, with Atlanta and Tampa Bay both looking really horrible. These two teams are probably Mm -hmm. the two that are going to be fighting for the playoff berth. And yeah, I I don't think it's going to come as any surprise that the wild card teams will not be coming out of the NFC South this year. But anyway, I look at this game. I say New Orleans should be able to do pretty much whatever it wants to on offense here. They're going to be down a couple of running backs. Pierre Thomas is already out and Kyrie Robinson Mm -hmm. still busted up arm. Carolina, I think they can throw the ball against New Orleans. I'm not so keen on their running game. If they've even got enough healthy bodies to have a running game. But I think New Orleans is going to break their, their uh, pattern here. I think they're going to win on the road. I think they're going to win pretty convincingly. And I'll see New Orleans 34, Carolina 24.
1: Um, I think it maybe is more like a touchdown New Orleans wins by just because, granted, Carolina doesn't have a ton going for them, but I think this is going to be uh, at least a semi-hard-fought game just because, like you said, this is going to have some big implications for this division because this division is terrible. Uh, that being said, uh, it looks like Carolina is going to get D'Angelo Williams back. I I don't know if that's really going to make all that much of a difference, but New Orleans... New Orleans probably isn't going to have any problem with their offense here. You can start just about everybody on it. Um, Drew Breeze is a go. Mark Ingram, like you said, Kyrie Robinson, they're still saying is a game-time decision. If he plays, maybe use him as a flex option uh, just because you are kind of thin this week since there's six teams on buys. I will start Brandon Cook, Marquise Colston, Kenny Stills, Titan Jimmy Graham, uh, but I am going to stay away from Shane Graham and the defense, because while I think Carolina doesn't have really any run game to speak of, I think they'll still be able to put some points up here on New Orleans, plus weird stuff always happens on Thursday night.
0: I'm not so keen on Graham, I just wonder whether, I mean, I know he's, his shoulder's still bothering him, but I just wonder if you know, with those three wide receivers all in the mix, and Ingram starting to play better, I just wonder whether he's really going to be featured prominently if, if his shoulder's still bugging him. But we'll see. You know, like you said, you know, with the rosters being so thin this week because of the buy, mm-hmm. chances are if you have him, you want to start him as long as he's active. So, but I still question whether he's going to be as effective this week as he normally is. Watch him go out and catch five. Touchdown passes. Now, but, uh, I mean, he
1: may not be he may not be putting up you know 17 points for you this week. But even if you use him as a flex option, I think he's still going to be a better option than a lot of what you have out there.
0: Probably true. For Carolina, I would start quarterback Cam Newton, wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin. Even if he doesn't try as hard as he needs to in the combine <laughs> workouts, or so he says. Tight end Greg Olson is a good start. Running back Jonathan Stewart, I'm okay with starting as a flex. Wide receivers Jericho Cottery and Jason Avant. Most week, I'd say no this week with depth being an issue. Go ahead and start them as flex if you need to. Kicker Graham Ganoza, I'd, I'd stay away from D'Angelo Williams, even if he is healthy enough to play. Stay away from Darren Reeves and stay away from Carolina's defense.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a good play this week, the Carolina defense.
0: <laughs> no. And here's a game... The first of the Sunday games that I think could potentially be a blowout, and that's Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Cleveland, they seem to get their act together a little bit against Oakland. I think the Jacksonville game, hopefully that will prove to be a fluke. This will be a good test. If they go back to playing the way they did against Jacksonville and potentially even blowing the game, then they're probably not going to amount to much the rest of the season but I think if they can win this game they'll be right in the mix and right now you look at the AFC North and all four of those teams could be in the mix for the playoffs at this point it's probably just going to come down to who plays better within the division the second half of the season and it wouldn't surprise me at all the way things are going right now if both of the wild card teams came out of the AFC North. I mean, maybe San Diego I mean, still has a chance or Kansas City has a chance to slip in there. But you know, other than that, I mean, yeah, AFC South, I would think is gonna get that. I don't really see Houston playing well enough to get it. We'll we'll see. But um maybe, you know, Miami or Buffalo are able to muster something in the AFC East. But if I had to bet right now I'd say both the wild card teams in the AFC come out of the AFC North.
1: I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that, just the way that people have been playing so far this season. It's just, AFC, I, I don't really think we necessarily predicted the AFC North was going to be such a strong division, but it's more that the other divisions are just not playing up to their potential than it is that yeah. the AFC North is like heads and tails above everybody else. It's just,
0: yeah, I I right mean, now,
1: I... like you said, it's hard to see. I mean, San Diego's cooled off. Uh, they got hit with a bunch of injuries, and it's just Kansas City, they're, just, they're a little too up and down, although you never know with them, but it's just hard to really make a, a strong case for anybody else.
0: Yeah, I, I think well, we probably were agreeing with most people coming into the season when we said we thought the AFC East would just be New England and the. And the others, as it is most seasons, and Miami and Buffalo have shown some signs of life. You know, Jets have been pathetic, a but yeah, you know, the AFC South, there's really, like we said, other than Indianapolis, there's nothing there really worth writing home about. I don't believe in Houston. Out west, you know, San Diego has gone into a little bit of a slump. Kansas City, we'll see. But anyway, getting back to the game at hand here, Tampa Bay at Cleveland. I think Cleveland will be able to. Pretty much whatever they want to on offense against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I think they might be able to throw a little bit on Cleveland, but I really don't see their run game being a factor. I think it all adds up to a Cleveland decisive victory. I'll say Cleveland thirty-one, Tampa Bay fourteen.
1: Ooh, all right. I thought maybe more like Cleveland by ten. Um, I, I just it's hard to see Tampa Bay really dominating this game. They just don't really have enough going. Uh, they have parts of their game work, but it's never all at the same time. This team could be good, had it you know all been healthy at the same time. everybody played well at the same time. you know your wide receivers didn't suck when your running backs were good, and vice versa. It's just someday they're gonna get it together. I don't think it's gonna be uh Sunday, so Fantasy wise, Mike Glennon really only a second quarterback option for you. Not a bad one, but you really shouldn't just be starting him as your only quarterback. Um, running back Charles Sims came off IR this week. He seems to be the healthiest out of everybody, uh, which seems kind of backwards for somebody coming off IR. But Bobby Rainey still kind of got a and and Doug Martin are both dinged up. So I like Charles Sims the best out of the running backs. Bobby Rainey more as a flex option for me this week. Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, I think I can go ahead and start both of those. Like I said, it's been at wide receiver this week. But I'm staying away from all of their tight ends, staying away from kicker Patrick Murray, and definitely not starting the defense this week.
0: I like Austin and Jenkins. I'm sure he had that kind of embarrassing fumble the overtime against the Vikings there. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be pretty effective for them the rest of the season, but we'll see. The one guy on yeah. Tampa that's yeah, I was hoping would stick a little bit more is uh, Lewis Murphy. He had a couple nice games yes, once he, he signed on with he them, came, but he's fallen off, off, off a little bit
1: and had two or three good games, and then just fell off the face of the earth
0: again. So I yeah, he's probably bench fodder this week. For Cleveland, yeah. I like quarterback Brian Hoyer, running back Ben Tate, wide receivers Andrew Hawkins and Miles Austin, kicker Billy Cundis, and the defense. Tight end Jordan Cameron still going through the, the concussion protocol. Uh, I would tend to stay away from him. You may have to start him as a flex just because of depth and bye week issues, but hopefully you have a better option at tight end. I would keep mm-hmm. Terrence West and Isaiah Crowell on the bench. Wide receiver Travis Benjamin, and if um, Jordan Cameron does not play, tight end Gary Barnage is not worth starting either.
1: No, no,
0: no. All right, well, let's move on to the land of misfit toys here, where we've got the New York yeah. Jets on the road at Kansas City, and this that Jets debacle last. Sunday, unfortunately, those of us who were in the New York area, that was the the game of oh, yeah. choice on the networks. You know, at least we got to watch the London game earlier in the day mm-hmm. to sort of have a semi interesting game out there. But you know, other than seeing whether Michael Dick was gonna be able to do anything better than Geno Smith. I mean, come on, Michael Dick, what are Not you much. thinking? You come into the game and you get a taunting penalty right away? I mean, give me a break. You know, you've got nothing to you know, rub other people's noses in the dirt, especially when you're losing by multiple touchdowns. But you know, again, if people are doing sack dances when they're down by 20 or 30 points, I guess taunting yeah. somebody when you're down by a couple touchdowns is pretty much par for the course. But seems I, pretty
1: normal. Yep.
0: New York should be able to run the ball in Kansas City, but I don't think they'll be able to throw it all. Which, if they can't, then maybe that makes it harder to run. Kansas City, I think that with them, they're going to be able to run against the Jets. Alex Smith, I never trust him as a, a as a throwing option so much. But I think this game will be a little bit closer, but only because I don't really like Kansas City's offense, their throwing game much. But I'll go ahead and take Kansas City wins this by a touchdown. I'll take Kansas City 24 over the Jets 17.
1: Uh, I think I'm going to take Kansas City by 10 uh it's just number one I don't really like anything about what's happening with the Jets right now Michael Vick is definitely not the answer at quarterback if I'm the Jets I'm calling the Redskins ASAP trying to get either Kirk Cousins or Colt McCoy off their hands because that's going to at least be better than what I'm throwing out there right now uh but since they're clearly not doing that Michael Vick really is only a second quarterback option let's also remember that Andy Reid was Michael Vick's coach for a long time and knows his tendencies, knows what he likes to do. It's going to be pretty Fumble. easy for Kansas City to game plan against him. <laughs> yeah. So I hope their defense has been practicing uh, picking up fumbles all week because they're going to be doing quite a bit of that. Uh, I, just, I don't really see any way the Jets are going to look very functional. The only people that I'm possibly okay with starting are – Running back Chris Ivory, as you alluded to, their run game is probably going to be the only sort of functional thing. And I would say you probably need to start Eric Decker this week, mainly because you don't have a ton of options at wide receiver. Percy Harvin's only a flex option for me. Staying away from tight end Jason Morrow. Staying away from Nick Folk. Staying away from the defense. uh, Pretty much going to be staying away from trying to watch this game as well.
0: The one guy that's really disappointed me for the Jets this year has been Chris Johnson I thought yeah. I mean, his career was going to be reborn when he moved just up from Tennessee to New York but he's he had every opportunity it's not I, like they
1: had a strong run game that he was you know stifled by or anything
0: well Chris Ivory is pretty good but he's more of a between the tackles kind of guy he's not, you know, he's who, not like
1: a flashy running back he's not a big yardage running back
0: he doesn't have the breakaway speed that Chris Johnson does, no. and you would figure that the Jets would be able to, whether it's, you know, winding him up at wide receiver or getting bubble screens to him or whatever it would take, that they'd find some way to get Chris Johnson the ball and base and let him use his play speed. I mean, he's a guy who speed, ran for 2,000
1: yards in a season. Why wouldn't you try to make it work?
0: Yeah, I mean, those days are long gone, but even so, you would know, think his, that
1: they his ceiling is higher
0: especially with their wide receiver situation being as, as bad as it's been for most of the season. Yeah. You would think they would find some creative ways to get him the ball, but uh, nothing is is going right for him this week, or this year, I should say, or this week. Yeah. But for or Kansas City, at least, start running back Jamal Charles. Tight end Travis Kelsey is finally healthy, and even though Anthony Fasano gets a few targets a game, Travis Kelsey is the tight end you want to be starting there. Defense is good to start this week. Alex Smith shoulder bugging him a little bit, but I think he's still okay as a second quarterback option if you need him. Running back Niall Davis had some nice garbage time yardage last week and I think he'll you know, get some carries this week. Maybe you know, Jamal Charles may or may not be hundred percent healthy or may not you know, he's probably not still hundred percent healthy. They'll probably use Niall Davis to you know, a little bit more often than they normally would to try to spell him. Wide receiver Dwayne Bowe showed some signs of life last week, so he's a flex option for me this week. Tight end Anthony Fasano, as I re- alluded to before, not the top dog tight end wise in Kansas City anymore, but still mm-hmm. worth starting as a flex if you uh, have roster issues and bye week issues this week. Kicker Cairo Santos okay. Stay away from wide receivers AJ Jensen, Junior Hummingway, and Johnny Avery. Did I say Hummingway on that Hemingway? <laughs>
1: San
0: Antonio Holmes. I I haven't butchered his name in a while, but uh, that's just because he hasn't even been worth mentioning most weeks. (laughs) Oh, man. So moving on, we go to the next game, and I'm actually going to predict the same score that I did for the Chiefs-Jets game. We've got San Diego at Miami. San Diego, as you mentioned before, still banged up. Still harboring playoff hopes, but so are the Dolphins. Dolphins at home. I, I'm pretty impressed by the Dolphins, especially their defense. Often it seems like it's dysfunctional enough to you know, put enough points on the board to let the defense carry them. I think Miami will win this, and I'll go with Miami scoring the 24 and San Diego the 17 in this game.
1: All right, um, I I think that really, I like Miami. I'm I'm very sympathetic to what they're doing. I just don't think that they're going to have quite enough this week. Uh, San Diego, even though though it's, you know, the curse of the West Coast team coming east and playing a one o'clock game, I don't really think that's going to have too much of an effect on them. So I'm going to take San Diego, but I'll take them by a touchdown. Miami will keep it a little respectable, but definitely starting Philip Rivers. I'm going to start Brandon Oliver. It doesn't look like Ryan Matthews is going to be a for sure start this week. I think it's more likely they wait till after the bye week, but if he does play, he could be a flex option for you. I'll start Keenan Allen and Malcolm Floyd. Uh normally they'd be more flex options, but because of the buys this week, Uh, Eddie Royal, if you're in a deeper league, could be a good flex option for you. I will start tight end Antonio Gates, but I'm staying away from kicker Nick Novak. Um, And I I think I could be persuaded to start the San Diego defense this
0: week. What do you make of Antonio Gates? He seems to be having a very up-and-down season. He'll catch two touchdown passes or three touchdown passes in a game, then do nothing for five weeks, and then catch two touchdown passes again. Is he somebody you can... (laughs) rely on? Do you rely on him as an every-week tight end, or do you think he's uh, more of a second tight end or a flex option?
1: I think that he's more of a... For me, I play him more off the matchups. He's not a no-brainer start every week for me. Um, But I just... I like this matchup for him this week. Uh, I just... it's been like you said, it's been too up and down. And a lot of that has been how San Diego's playing as well. But Antonio Gates is not a consistent every week tight end for me.
0: Okay. So let's take a look at the um Miami side of things here. And for Miami I would start running back Lamar Miller, wide receiver Mike Wallace, tight end Charles Clay in the defense. Brian Tannehill, more of a second quarterback for me, kicker Caleb Sturgis okay to start. Stay away from wide receivers, Brian Hartline and Jarvis Landry. I just think the Dolphins are going to do the majority of their scoring and their damage on the ground in this game rather than uh, in the air. All right. So
1: moving right
0: along. So next game up, we've got Arizona at Dallas. This should be a really interesting game, Arizona coming off that exciting Victory over the Eagles, Dallas coming off that disappointing loss at home on Monday night. They get to try another, take another shot at it at home. I think they're going to be more successful this time. I think Tony Romo will be healthy enough to play, and I think the Cowboys will be back in business. I'll say that they win this game 28-17.
1: I I don't have too much of a problem with your score. I think they have to bounce back this week. I, they're just overall a better team than Arizona. They have more going for them. Uh, Arizona won last week at Philly, yes, and they are you know they still are a one loss team. But to me, it's a little bit more smoke and mirrors. I know that some people are saying the reverse last week. They were kind of more of a legitimate six and one than the Eagles were. But uh, I don't know. I think the Cowboys can kind of get it together this week at home.
0: <laughs> I like Arizona. I mean, you look at Arizona's offense and I think that was a home game against the Eagles, but you know, they had, they had the one long touchdown pass to, or wasn't it? Um, they had the one long pass. I think it was 75 yards to Larry Fitzgerald. And then they yeah. had that late touchdown pass to John Brown. You know, that's, you know two thirds of their offense for the game right there on those two plays and other yeah. than that you know they didn't do a heck of a lot and Andre Ellington is doesn't seem to be 100% healthy so uh yeah, I, I don't know if I would go quite as far as to say it's smoke and mirrors but they're definitely I won't say it's like a couple seasons ago remember when they started 4 and 0 and we were saying yeah. even though they're 4 and 0 we don't think they're going to make the playoffs and that was the year with that infamous three nothing game against the Jets with Mark Sanchez and John Skelton one. I think trading that, you know three and outs the whole game. game. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I, there, there's certainly a much better team with Carson Palmer there and you know finally their receivers have somebody that can get them the ball consistently again but it's just uh you know hard to, to get too excited about them.
1: Yeah, I'm just not – I'm not totally sold on them. And it's kind of a little bit like I was saying about Tampa Bay earlier. Like, you know, when their wide receivers are healthy, their running backs aren't. When their running backs are healthy, their wide receivers aren't. It's just nothing is always together at the same time. But, they, hey, they've managed to make it work. I mean, shoot, it's not like they have a bad record. They're winning their division right now. I mean, they're doing some good things. I just – I don't know if they're going to have quite enough this week. The Cowboys need this game. um and I think they'll they'll get it together. Fantasy-wise, Carson Palmer's more a second quarterback option for me this week. I am going to start Andre Ellington, even though, like you said, he doesn't look all the way there. Uh, I think you'll still get some value out of him. I'm going to start Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd, but I'm staying away from the rest of the receivers, tight end John Carlson, kicker Chandler Canton-Zaro. I'm staying away from the defense. I think this will be a pretty good game to watch though.
0: Yeah, it could be interesting depending on how whether, you know, Tony Romo's healthy enough to play or whether we see Brandon mm-hmm. Whedon. But I, I yeah. still I think I like John Brown a little bit more than you do for Arizona. He seems to have yeah. pretty firmly established himself as the third receiver there. He's definitely a long ball threat, but maybe you know, he doesn't catch enough passes to be real valuable in a point league, but he's somebody that this, if, if he's you're still start out there on, this, on the waiver wire, he's, he's somebody that you should look at, I think. Mm-hmm. For Dallas yeah, quarterback fair. Tony Romo, I'm assuming he's going to be healthy enough to play. If he is, I would start him with full confidence. If for some reason it turns out to be Brandon Whedon, he's more of a second quarterback for me. Either way, I think they're going to be relying heavily on their running game. Bring back DeMarco Murray, still a good start. He still has that amazing streak going, even though they did lose this past weekend. Wide receivers, Des Bryant and Terrence Williams, I start them more enthusiastically if Romo is quarterbacking than I do if Whedon's quarterbacking. But still, yeah, I think you start them either way. Start the defense. Tight end Jason Witten having an up-and-down season. I think he's still a True. decent you know, tight end option. Kicker Dan Bailey should be good to start. Tight end Gavin Escobar had a couple good weeks there, but I think he's just too inconsistent to rely on as a fantasy option unless you've got other tight ends that are all on buy on your roster right now.
1: I think that this could be a bigger week for Jason Witten just because he is like the security blanket for Tony Romo. Who's clearly not a hundred percent. I don't think he's going to be. Um, it just, I think you may see a little bit more uh, in the way of targets uh, for uh, Jason Witten this week.
0: It's, well, the one interesting thing, if Whedon does end up starting, maybe that's actually good news for Gavin Escobar because you figure, as the True. second team tight end, he probably gets more reps in with Whedon than he does with Romo, although he's caught several. I think he's caught three touchdown passes from Romo this season. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, it's – I still think that Dallas is in pretty good shape going forward given the – I think you look at that division and that conference, and to me Philadelphia and Dallas both look like playoff teams right now, but they'll play each other on Thanksgiving night and then I think – or Thanksgiving afternoon and then two weeks after that. So by – Early December, we should have a pretty good read on what's going on in the NFC East. So, I think so. yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting game there. So, now um, moving right along to Washington at Minnesota, as we mentioned before, RG3 back in the fold this week. I still think they're going to rely primarily on their running game, and uh, with that meaning, Alfred Morris not RG3 think it could be a good week for his receivers, but I still think that you know they'll do most of their damage on the ground. Minnesota no real receiving game to no throwing game, passing game to speak of. And Washington's defense, I I think they're underrated, at least statistically they're in the top, you know, quarter in both you know, yardage allowed or at least yardage allowed, both rushing wise and passing wise. So if they could get a more consistent offense, they, to me they're one of those teams that I could see them, you know, running off four or five wins in a row and putting themselves back in the playoff picture. But you
1: know,
0: if they don't win this game against Minnesota, you know, this is one of those games. If you're a playoff team, you have to beat a, a mediocre or a bad team yeah. like Minnesota. So Minnesota, the one surprising thing about them is how effective their run game has been, in spite of Adrian Peterson's suspension and doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon or at all this mm-hmm. season. But all when all said and done I like Washington and Washington big in this game. I'll say Washington 27, Minnesota 7, 24, 17 two games in a row. And now I'm picking 27, 17 two games in a row. <laughs> I
1: I think Minnesota will hang in a little bit more with Washington but i think washington needs to win this and it needs to feel pretty convincing. um i just i'm not sure what to expect out of rg3 coming back. i i think you probably have to keep him as a second quarterback option this week. i'm sure he'll go off and do something insane and make me eat my words, but for me i'd feel a lot better about having him as a second second quarterback. Just because I don't know, we haven't really seen anything out of him. He had a dislocated ankle. That's going to affect his decision making, his instincts. I'm I don't feel that awesome about it. I am absolutely starting Alfred Morris. I think he's going to be the key to this game for them. Roy is more of a flex option. I'll start to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garcon. Uh, we know how RG3 likes to air the ball out to those guys. I'm definitely going to start tight end Jordan Reed. Very happy he's healthy. Staying away from kicker Kai for Bass, but I will start the Washington defense. Like you said, a little underrated.
0: I I like Andre Roberts a little bit, too, as a flex option, especially in deeper leagues this yeah. week.
1: Yeah, in a deeper league, I think.
0: So, for Minnesota, Jarek McKinnon, running back Jarek McKinnon, is the only guy that I think should really be in fantasy starting lineups in a normal week. Yeah. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, more of the second quarterback, wide receivers Greg Jennings and Cordero Patterson, flex options at best for me. Defense, okay, because I don't think Washington's going to go nuts on them. I would sit running back Matt Aziata, wide receiver Jarius Wright, tight end Red Ellison, and kicker Blair Walsh. I just, I I like Minnesota's team and and all, but I, I just, you know, I admire the way they're still. Scrapping without Adrian Peterson, yeah, that's a pretty big loss to sustain, but I just I'm, don't think yeah, they have one. I'm it i their running to game has
1: relevant. I mean, I, I didn't think expect that. Part of that, I think, is a
0: function me. of their past game being so being terrible. poor yeah. that, yeah, and, you know, before Bridgewater came in, and maybe they'll let the, take the reins off him a little bit as the season goes on, but you know, other than a few nice games from Greg Jennings and Cole Patterson at the beginning of the season, that's... Generally, their pass game has been something to avoid. You know, maybe they'll get Kyle Rudolph back in a couple weeks, but for right now, their their pass game is in shambles. Mhm.
1: It's yeah, so, it's not
0: pretty. Moving right along, we've got Jacksonville at Cincinnati. <sighs> Hard to know. I, I Jacksonville seems to be finding some semblance of an offense. Cincinnati.
1: They don't look as terrible as they did.
0: So no, and I think a lot of that is just, you know, Blake Bortles is gonna be a decent NFL quarterback at some point and they've had several nice, you know, rookie wide receivers step up and do a good job for them. It's too bad they didn't figure out early on that Toby Gerhardt wasn't gonna be the answer for them and give Denard Robinson a that. shot at <laughs> it. Well, yeah, I, I don't have any uh, GM experience, NFL GM experience on um, on my resume. I'm just some guy uh, sitting in the bleachers yelling. Uh, I mean, but, uh, that
1: still qualifies you to be the Jets general manager, I think.
0: <laughs> no, I think to be the Jets general manager, you have to come over from another organization and just say how how bad you feel about how badly the team okay. is doing and how, how personally you take it. But uh, anyway, that's another story for another day. So, Jacksonville, <laughs> I, I like what they're doing. They're at least becoming more interesting fantasy-wise. They've got a few yeah. players, a handful of players now that I think should be in starting lineups. Toby Gerhart is not one of them. But Probably. for Cincinnati, it's... I, I don't know that I fully buy them being back, you know, even with what they did to Baltimore last week, but... I think they should win this game. I think Jacksonville will be able to throw the ball some on Cincinnati, but I don't think their running game is going to get too much done. Cincinnati, I think they're going to be able to throw all day on Jacksonville. I don't know how good their running game is going to be, especially with Giovanni Bernard you know, banged up with his hip injury still. But I, To me, Cincinnati is still the pick here. I'll say Cincinnati 31, Jacksonville 24.
1: Yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with that score. I Cincinnati needs to win this. Uh, you know, having A.J. Green come back hopefully will help. But like you said, Blake Bortles is starting to sort of get comfortable as an NFL quarterback, and so we're, we're seeing better things out of Jacksonville. Um, I'm really excited about what Allen Robinson's doing at wide receiver. But I, this is still a team that's a year or two away from really being – uh any kind of contender so right now fantasy wise still kind of slim pickings Blake Bortles only a second quarterback option I'm okay starting Denard Robinson and Alan Robinson like I alluded to staying away from tight end Clay Harbor no secret I've never been a big fan of his kicker Josh Scobie who would probably be a start on just about any other team but not Jacksonville and definitely not the defense for Jacksonville this week or ever
0: I might use Cecil Shorts as a flex option in a deeper league too. I, you know, yeah. I mean with Hearn's kind of banged up a little bit, you know, he's their you know, default number two receiver, maybe even you know, you know, by title number one. But you know, Robinson is Allen Robinson's definitely been their most effective wide receiver yeah. you know, so far yeah. this season. For Cincinnati, I like quarterback Andy Dalton, wide receiver Mohamed Sanu kicker Mike Nugent uh, I'm not as, as keen on AJ Green this week as you seem to be yeah you know, I, I just don't know with a toe injury whether you can trust the guy to go out and catch 10 balls for I don't, know. I don't yards I don't know if I
1: like him as a fantasy option this week I think that I like him to make Cincinnati better on the field I think just having him out there is going to make the defense play you differently than they would if he wasn't there I think it opens it up for other guys to have bigger games. I just think that having him out there is important for them.
0: Perhaps, but then why doesn't that seem to work when Detroit does that with Calvin Johnson? It seems like if he's not actively engaged in the game, that I mean, Golden Tate is a good receiver in his own right. He doesn't really need Calvin Johnson out there as a decoy to be there. Of course, Cincinnati doesn't really have anybody ability-wise that's... The ability, you know, the equivalent of Golden Tate. I mean, Mohamed Sanu mm-hmm. is, is uh, okay, but you know, he's not going to make anybody, you know, forget AJ Green for sure. But yeah, I don't know, we'll see. But um, yeah, Bernard, I, you know, Giovanni Bernard, flex option for me. Wide receiver AJ Green, you know, if you have to go ahead, but. If you've got healthier options, I would go with them instead. Tight end Jermaine Gresham, I think, is a decent tight end option this week. Defense, okay to start. I'd stay away from wide receivers Brandon Tate and Greg Little, although I did uh, put in a bid for Greg Little in a 32-team league that I'm in this week, so we'll see if I get him or not.
1: Yeah. That is uh, what qualifies as a deeper league. <laughs>
0: yes, much deeper league.
1: A little bit, a so. little
0: bit. Yeah, if a guy has a pulse, he's pretty much off the waiver wire in that league. But uh, (laughs) anyway, so now we move to two teams that uh, both have decent running games. Only one of them has a decent passing game. Philadelphia traveling down to Houston, continuing their road show. That is their payback for having four of their first six games at home. But think I think Philadelphia will be able to move the ball any which way they want. I don't care if Jadavian Clowney's back. I don't care how many faux selfies J.J. Watt takes of himself after sacking a quarterback. I don't think he'll do that with Nick Foles because Nick Foles doesn't seem to take selfies of himself 90 minutes before game time. But yeah, uh, <laughs> this should be a close game and an interesting game, but I'll still say Philadelphia wins this. I'll pick Philadelphia 31 over Houston 27
1: yeah i i don't know i mean i think houston will uh, i think they'll be a factor they'll stay relevant but i think philly's going to come in i'd like to see them win this game by 10 points um they sort of need to prove to the league that they are you know as good as their record shows that there's a little more to them than you know just trying to run a hurry up offense all the time uh Fantasy-wise, though, Nick Foles, more a second quarterback option for me. He just hasn't been consistent enough that I want to rest my fantasy team on him. I will start LeSean McCoy. I think that he's going to have a big game this week. I'll even start Darren Sproles since it's a little thinner, um, especially because he's coming back. He's healthy. At least he says he's healthy. But he's always been a good good vulture and a little bit of a – I mean, he's going to give you more than a lot of backup running backs are. So I'm going to go with him this week. Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper, both good starts for me, as well as tight end Zach Ertz and kicker Cody Parkey and the defense. So I'm I'm pretty in on Philly this week.
0: Although Jordan Matthews is in a deeper league, he seems to be getting more targets, although he did uh, catch that last ball out of bounds. Yeah,
1: that would have been pretty spectacular. Um, I... I think it's got to be a deep league or a league where you've got two different, you've got two flex positions you're trying to fill. um, Just because I don't know how good I feel about Nick Foles this week, that I want to go super deep on the on the wide receivers here.
0: So for Houston, I like running back Arian Foster and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, second quarterback for me. Wide receiver Andre Johnson held out of practice today. Still not 100% healthy. I think he's a flex option at best. Uh, Running back Alfred Blue got a little bit of play last week, but I don't think he'll do much this week, so keep him on your bench even in a deeper league. Tight end Garrett Graham should uh, stay on the bench. Kicker Randy Bullock is an okay start, but I would not start Houston's defense.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, Let's go to the late games.
0: All right, or as you like to call them, the afternoon games. The afternoon games. <laughs> so, first up, we've got a an NFC West division rivalry game. Houston. I mean, not Houston. What am I saying? St. Louis <laughs> at San Francisco. You're just and, really into Houston this week. <laughs> yeah, they switched con. They switched conferences and yeah, you know, divisions this week.
1: <laughs> there
0: you but, go. <laughs> yeah, at least in my mind, they did so. Anyway, um this I think this will be close because I'm just not so keen on San Francisco's offense being able to pile up huge points here and I do like Austin Davis and what he's doing. Unfortunately losing losing Brian Quick is going to hurt. We'll see if any of the other wide receivers step up or whether maybe Jared Cook will get his first touchdown of the season this week. But That's fine. I, Yeah, I mean, he's been catching a fair number of balls and racking up a fair amount of yardage. It's just, for whatever reason, as Mike Clay, Pro Football Focus pointed out on ESPN this week, they just aren't using him in the red zone. But hopefully that'll change and likely to change with Brian Quick no longer being there. But I still think San Francisco has enough to win this game, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I'll take San Francisco 27 over St. Louis 21.
1: I I don't think I would be completely surprised if St. Louis came in and pulled the upset on San Francisco this week. Uh, just kind of a gut feeling, but I think it'll be a close game. I think it's less than a touchdown. San Francisco wins by. Uh, if you're somebody who bets a spread, I would take St. Louis getting the points this week. But Austin Davis, more second quarterback option for me. While I really like what he's doing, the San Francisco defense can be a little stifling at times. Um, playing in San Francisco, also not the easiest thing in the world. I'm going to start Trey Mason, Kenny Britt, tight end Jared Cook. Like you said, don't start Brian Quick this week. Staying away from Greg Leg and the defense, but I this St. Louis team scrappy. I like them.
0: San Francisco, I like quarterback Colin Kaepernick and running back Frank Gore. I think they're going to do most of their damage on the ground against St. Louis. Tight end Vernon Davis is okay. Defense, I like. Running back Carlos Hyde might even be worthwhile as a flex option. The wide receivers, eh, against a different defense, I might say go ahead and start them, but this week I'd say Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, and Stevie Johnson are flex options at best. Kicker Phil Dawson is okay. And I like the as I said, I like the defense a lot this week. So there you have it.
1: Here you have it. Let's go to the game everyone's looking forward to this week.
0: Yeah, the, the who knows, the umpteenth installment of Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning,
1: Denver I think it's at New actually the 17th. I think I heard that somewhere. It might not actually be true, though.
0: <laughs> the 17th I'm going to say 17,
1: that? but we'll see.
0: That sounds right. I thought it, yeah, that that sounds good to me. I would have guessed 15. All right, or 16th, we'll go with it. But uh, anyway, I'll. I'll Sweet 17 or sweet 16 plus one sounds good to me. (laughs) So Denver at New England. (laughs) New England, remember the beginning of the season when people were saying, oh, you got to – Tom Brady is done, the wide receivers stinks. the offensive line stinks, and look at him last week. You know, five touchdown passes didn't get sacked at all against, you know, what we thought might be a pretty good defense there with, you know, but that's – didn't turn out to be the case so much. With, but um, this week, this should be a really good game. I think both defenses will be a little bit better than people probably think. You yeah, know, you think Manning versus Brady, you think a big shootout. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll both score in the 20s. I'll give this game to Denver just because I think they're a little bit balanced, better balanced overall, and I'd like the defense a little bit more. I'll say Denver 27, New England 24.
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Denver 34, New England 31. I think there's gonna be a little more offense than you do. Uh, the defenses will be involved, yes, but I just don't. I don't know if I can say that these guys aren't gonna break 30 points. The offenses I think are just, at least especially Denver, it's just too good. Uh, definitely starting Peyton Manning this week. Going to start Ronnie Hillman. Uh, maybe Jawan Thompson as a flex option. I know he made some noise last week. I don't know if that's necessarily going to carry over to this week. I think it's more of a fluke. But center week, uh, somebody probably on your waiver wire might not be a terrible flex pick for you. I will start to Marius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Definitely going to start head-end Julian Thomas. Staying away from kicker Brandon McManus and the defense, while I think both defenses will be involved, I think they're also going to be giving up points.
0: I just I wish Monte Ball would come back. Actually, I have one team, and I don't usually yeah. like talk about my fantasy teams, but you know this is just more that you've got to be creative. I started off the season my first three picks in this one league were Adrian Peterson, Monte Ball, and Zach Stacy. So, you know, you might surmise from that 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 team is not doing well, and you would be correct in assuming that. I had that, a team so. that had
1: Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice on it, and you know, when you're drafting, you're like, this is going to be amazing, and then here we are. <laughs> it's not amazing. Yeah.
0: My my starting running backs from oh. that particular team now, I think, are Jared McKinnon and Denard Robinson, who are both not
1: quite you know, what you picking,
0: picked up off the waiver wire in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I almost picked up Charles Sims this week and decided that I'd rather have Brandon LaSalle. Uh, but uh, so, anyway. So speaking of the Patriots and Brandon LaFell, I like Brandon LaFell and Julian Edelman this week, like Tom Brady, like tight end Rob Gronkowski. Shane Vereen, yes. more of a second you know, running and more of a flex option for me. Tight end Tim Wright, if you're in a two-tight end league, he's a decent start. Kicker Steven Gotkowski okay, defense, okay. Running back Jonas Gray had a nice week last week, but... I think that um, New England is going to be doing most of their damage through the air this week, so I, yeah. I don't really think Jonas Gray is going to be a big part of this game. So unless you're really hit by bye week uh, woes, I would keep Jonas Gray on the bench this week. All
1: right, fair enough. Uh, let's uh, keep rolling. One more. There's just I don't like this. I don't like having three teams or three uh, missing three games this week. We're already one game
0: away from being done with the Sunday day games. Uh, that's okay. We 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 have plenty of material to fill any time that's left over. So here's the game <laughs> that I was thinking of at the beginning of the hour when we were talking about potential blowouts this week. We've got Oakland at Seattle. Yeah. Seattle, you hear all the talk about dissension and disarray and how they missed the defensive linemen that are in Jacksonville now, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Oakland... I don't know how they do it. I, I, you know, by doing it, I mean scoring points. If they, mm-hmm. I pick them every week to score ten or fewer points, and every week they wind up with seemingly 13 to 19 points. This week, I'll predict more in doom and gloom for them. I'll, I'll say that they're not able to run at all against Seattle's defense. Maybe throw a little bit, but. Running, I don't think they'll get anything done there. Seattle also, I think, is going to get a lot more done on the ground than in the air this week. So um, I, th- I think their defense will show up pretty well against Oakland's offense or what they call an offense there. To me, that all adds up to a Seattle 27, Oakland 7. So yeah, hopefully Ooh. you're not foolish to watch you. this game. But if you are, uh, my condolences.
1: Ooh, I'm taking Oh, I mean I'm not that far off. I'm taking Seattle by 13 points. Oakland, I just going to Seattle. It's not great to begin with. It's a tough place to play, but Seattle's due for a game where they kind of remind everybody like, "Hey, we're still the, the world champions here. Uh, we're still, you know, relevant and a part of this." And they've been a little off of late, obviously. Um, but I just I think this is going to be a bad week for Oakland. I like Oakland. I like some of the things that they're doing. There's just They just don't match up here pretty much at all. Uh, so fantasy-wise, it's going to be short and sweet for Oakland. Derek Carr, only a second quarterback option and not a great one at that. Darren McFadden is a flex option. James Jones is the only person I'd really think about actually starting. Stay away from the other receivers. Tight end Michael Rivera, Sebastian Janikowski, the defense. Just leave them all on your bench.
0: Andre Holmes has been somewhat interesting, but I agree with you if I could only start one Just receiver if I had to pick one guy there it would definitely be James Jones rather than than uh, Holmes, although you know, if you're in a really deep league, he's somebody to consider.
1: Yeah, but, if you're in uh, a thirty two team league, absolutely. If you're in, look in a thirty
0: two team league or higher then he's probably a <laughs> decent choice. So for Seattle I would start quarterback Russell Wilson, running back Marshawn Lynch, start the defense. I even like Robert Turbin to get some carries this week, mainly in garbage time, or what I anticipate will be garbage time. But uh, I think yeah, he's, he's somebody who to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Wide receiver Doug Baldwin yeah. is a decent start. Tight end Luke Wilson. Tight end Zach Miller is still going to be out with his ankle injury this week, so that's why I'm recommending Luke Wilson. Kicker Stephen Houshkin is Okay. Not sold yet on the other wide receivers, so stay away from Jermaine Curse, and uh, that's how I think that that game will play out.
1: I, I think I'm a little higher on Jermaine Curse than you are, but I I agree with you. This is going to be more of a ground game for them than anything else. But I'm I might be persuaded to use Curse as a flex option this week.
0: All right, let's take a look at the Monday at the Sunday night game, which should be a a pretty high-scoring one, I think. We've got Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Baltimore's offense had gone off the two weeks prior to last week when Cincinnati bottled them up. Pittsburgh, not quite sure still where that uh, 54 points came from, 56 points came from, but it was was still very impressive. And I think there will be more offensive fireworks this week. You know, not too much defense going on for either team. I'll give the game to Pittsburgh just because they're at home, but I think it's really a coin flip. I'll say Pittsburgh 34, Baltimore 31.
1: I This might be the shootout game that everyone thinks Denver and New England's going to be. Um, but then again, these two teams are both kind of Jekyll and Hyde, especially Pittsburgh. like You just aren't sure which version is going to come out. Hopefully they didn't use up all their points last week. I think that Baltimore is going to take this. I think it will be less than six points, but I think they're going to come out on top. I just don't know if I'm sold on Pittsburgh just yet. Granted, last week was pretty impressive, but I'd like to see them do it a little more consistently. No, I want to not see them wear sports. their jailbreak
0: uniforms a little more consistently, oh, too. Oh, man,
1: I, this just hurts your eyes to look at. <laughs> like, they're yeah, bumblebees but, on the field.
0: And wish um, you had black-and-white television again.
1: Yeah, right. Granted, I don't expect them to score 50-plus on people every week, but, like, it's okay to, you know, break 20 points on a consistent basis. That would be fine. Fantasy-wise, for Baltimore, Joe Flacco is more a second quarterback option for me. Uh, I do like Justin Forsett and Lorenzo Talaferro. I'm going to start Steve Smith, Torrey Smith, anybody named Smith. Staying away from the tight ends, I will be starting kicker Justin Tucker, though. He's going to get some work this week. And definitely staying away from the defense after what we saw to Pittsburgh last week.
0: I don't know what happened to Bernard Pierce. He was a healthy scratch last week. That doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, me. Yeah, I don't know that... if he
1: just I, if he upset somebody in the front office or a coach or what. But I I haven't seen any good reason for not using him.
0: Maybe his voice is piercing.
1: <laughs> not as piercing as those uniforms were for Pittsburgh. <laughs> no,
0: that's true. So for Pittsburgh I would start quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, running back Levi and Bell, wide receiver Antonio Brown, tight end Heath Miller and kicker Sean Sweeson. Running back Legarrett Blunt is a flex option for me. Wide receivers Marcus Wheaton, Lance Moran, Martavius um Martavis Bryant, I think can all be you know, decent flex options. I would keep their defense on the bench though, because I just like I said, I think this will be a high scoring game and you're not going to want to have either of these defenses in your starting lineup?
1: Definitely not. Stay far, far away.
0: All right. Speaking of staying far, far away, I'm going to stay far, far uh, away from the Giants in the Monday night be, game, uh, even though they are my team. Indianapolis yeah. with the Giants. Yeah, Indianapolis, Yeah, they're, they're going to be able to do whatever they want to offensively against the Giants. They're just... Uh, not very impressive defensively this year. Giants, I think they're going to do most of their damage through the air against Indianapolis. Rashad Jennings still out. Andre Williams you know, hasn't really impressed you know much so far. You know, for for Indianapolis, I think the key is going to be whether Reggie Wayne is able to play. I would actually bet that he's not. You know, just because of an elbow problem. The last thing you want is him landing on his elbow and out for another three or four weeks, but in spite of that, I think Indianapolis has enough offensive weapons. This is a mod Bradshaw's coming home slash revenge game, and I think that mm-hmm. both he and the Colts will be victorious. I'll say Indianapolis 35, New York 24.
1: I don't have too much of a problem with the score. I would like to think the Giants could score 24 points. I don't know if I totally buy it, but hey, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Indy, there's just really no way they're going to lose this game. Definitely start Andrew Locke, start Ahmad Bradshaw. Like you said, a little revenge I think you would enjoy. I like. I think you could start Trent Richardson, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Reggie Wayne, if he plays, use him as a flex option. I don't think he's going to give you a ton of points. T.Y. Hilton's definitely going to be your big point getter this week. Um, okay, starting Dwayne Allen at tight end. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, the defense, pretty much everybody. Sorry to your that.
0: Dante Moncrief is an interesting start, especially if Reggie Wayne does not play. And even if he does play, yeah. he yeah. seems like he's becoming I, I he a more viable. Be, he could or be a good
1: flex option even if option. Reggie Wayne's in this game. Mm-hmm.
0: So for the Giants, a quarterback Eli Manning, I will start him. Wide receivers Odell Beckham and Ruben Randall. Tight end Larry Donnell. Um... I'm neutral about uh, kicker Josh Brown. Go ahead and start him if if you don't have better options. And stay away from the running backs, Rashad Jennings and Andre Williams, and stay away from the defense.
1: All right. Well, that brings us to just about the end of our show for this week. Uh, We'll be back next week talking all the Week 10 matchups. We're almost through all the bye weeks. We're almost through all the bye weeks. But, uh,
0: well, well, you have still all your have your Cowboys have to go over to London and play a game against Jacksonville in a few weeks, and then yeah. I can say they do that week 11 and then have a bye week 12. So mm-hmm. once that's done with, then yeah, we'll know we'll we're be, done with the byes. We'll buys. be in the
1: clear, finally. Um, but in the meantime, you can find us uh, again next week, Wednesday, 9.30 from 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, like every week. You can find us on Twitter at the number 4 show at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. Find us at the com and the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook, as well as you can email us at the number 4 show at com. And, of course, we always want to hear from you guys. If you have anything you want us to talk about, have any lineup questions, feel free to hit us up.
0: All right. In honor of the six teams that are off this week, everybody, bye-bye.